Hello out there, ladies. It's Rochelle with another episode of Unabashed You, where we as women get to talk about stuff. Unabashed You is women talking about stuff. It's a place where we can be uniquely ourselves without apology. We want to be wise, to know our worth, and to enjoy whimsy. Looking back, I can see Christina and I were meant to have this conversation. There needs to be more affirmation for anyone and everyone that does not feel they fit into the neat, tidy categories of a woman's life. What if you're not a wife, not a mother? We are more, and we are enough, just as we are. Christina makes these points beautifully. All right. Well, welcome. Welcome, Christina. It's my pleasure to introduce you all to Christina. We met through work, and I was instantly impressed with her enthusiasm, dedication, and joie de vivre. Although I didn't get yes, although I didn't get to know her well, I could see she was someone with integrity and character. Recently, she posted a lengthy Facebook post that embodies what this podcast is all about: authenticity, transparency, and vulnerability. More on that later. I asked her to be a guest, and she said yes. Yay! So. This part of the uh, episode, we're going to get to know you. Okay. So some fun questions, some fun questions. Okay, I'll do my best. Yes. No wrong answers here. No wrong answers here. (gasps) Three words that describe you. Oh, um, I'd say compassionate, intentional, and... I'm torn between inquisitive and nice. So I'm just going to give you both. (laughs) (laughs) Those are such a great combination of words. You know, they are, they speak of a very well-rounded person, which you are. Thanks. I try to be and try to grow in that way as best I can. And that is, that is evident and obvious to me. All right, the coolest thing you've ever been for Halloween. Oh, um, one year at youth group, my two best friends and I, we were in middle school and we went as a banana split together. (laughs) How did you do that? Um, We had, if I remember correctly, one or all of our moms helped. I'm not sure, but we had like cut out felt um, kind of in some squiggles that went around our necks in three different colors that acted as the topping and then it had a little hat and then I think we were tra- I feel like trash bags were involved somehow <laughs> which now white trash bags I guess maybe I don't know <laughs> okay. I don't fully remember but we had a big cardboard banana that we carried and wow. just walked all three of us that is very elaborate that is very elaborate <laughs> that sounds very artsy craftsy which is something since since I'm not I'm always a little bit in awe of people who are artsy craftsy. That's very impressive. It was fun. Those are great girls. My small group was together from fifth grade through high school. So 
And are you, are, are you still in touch with them and, and close? Mm-hmm. See, that's great. Something on your bucket list. Um, a lot of traveling things. Um, yeah, a lot more traveling. I would say it's kind of top of my bucket list. That is a good answer because there's a lot out there to see. Mm-hmm. Anywhere and in particular? And experience. Any, anywhere in particular, um, like, you know, let's say Corona wasn't an issue. <laughs> finances know, weren't an issue. Time's not an issue. Sure. What? Where's the next, like, big place? Um, I very much would like to see Prague. And I would like to see Ireland and Greece. And um, a lot of my heritage is from Switzerland. So I would love to see Switzerland as well. All right. Well, that There's is, that's one, <laughs> that's either one big trip or a few little trips. I'm not sure. <laughs> yes. I was going to be doing a European cruise. One of my friends um, was dancing on a European cruise this spring and summer. And that obviously is off the table now, but I was so amped, but that can wait. Yep. Yep. We had a uh, French river cruise booked. And so that, that will have to wait as well, but you know, uh, in time, in time. Absolutely. One of your top 10 movies or TV shows of all time, it can be recent or from when you were a kid or somewhere in between, just that, you know, just one of the ones that's, you know. You, sure. You, you either... The Office is my go-to TV show, mm-hmm. but I also love um, Parenthood and This Is Us. Oh, yes. Like that. These are all good shows. Yes. Those are all good shows. Okay, now, Parenthood um, was created by the same guy that did the Friday Night Lights series. And I have not watched that one yet. Okay. It's on on my list. I hear it's wonderful, but I have not watched Friday Night Lights. Okay, so I'm going to recommend that since you like Parenthood and you like that kind of, um, that that sort of style. It's very real, right, exactly. Yes, all of that, all of the above. I think you'll like it. I I would like to hear back from you on that. And I do agree with The Office. There's something so wrong and right about it all at the same time. Yep, it makes me laugh so hard. Yes, love that show. Who would you want with you if you were stranded on a deserted island? Ah. You're stranded. It's an island. I'm assuming it's got some good stuff on it. You right. know, some See, good now fruits. This, this is my brain for you because I'm like, well, do you choose the more practical option? Like, do I think about who would be the most practical to have to, that would be able to figure out thing to make the island as livable as possible? Or do I pick the most interesting person for the sake of heart and entertainment? Um, but I think, I think I'd probably pick my mom. Wow. Wow. I did not see that coming. I did not I see like that coming. It was so much time to be able to just talk and connect and hear stories and things like that. Well, and she, you know, being a mom would be able to do all the mom stuff and be able to be yeah. helpful and, right. and all of that. I just have my mom there. <laughs> That's a win. Fantastic. 
I thought you were headed in a very different direction, but I love it. I love it. I'd love to have I mean, in all honesty, if it was a practical choice, it probably wouldn't be her, but she's my heart choice. So. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. All right. Um, I'm going to ask you for two truths and a lie, and I'm going to okay. guess the lie. So two okay, truths great. and a lie, and I will guess the lie. Okay. Um, okay. This is so hard. I'm such a terrible liar in all honesty. So, uh, But see okay. here, the good news is I don't, I mean, I know you a little bit, but I don't know you super well. So it's, I'm not, I, I mean, I'm, I, it's going to be tough for me no matter what you say. Okay. I'm ready. Um, I used to have a pet goat. I used to play the saxophone and I always eat my sandwiches in circles. Okay. This is interesting. Okay. The goat is plausible. Totally plausible. (laughs) The saxophone, I feel like could be like, yeah, you played an instrument, but it was the clarinet or the flute. Okay, so that that could be a good one. And then eating in circles, it's so random that I'm going to say that that one is true. And I'm going to go with the saxophone. Good job, you did it. I played piano and violin when I was young. But, um, okay. I can't believe I got that right. Okay. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's always a fun one. Okay, so now on to, um, that's part of the whimsy part of our episode, and we'll come back to that, hopefully through uh, some of our discussion. Where do you find your worth? Because we are going to delve into your Facebook post, and some of that had to do with worth, but currently, where do you find your worth? You know, um, I know I shared this with you a little bit earlier, but I've been listening to many of the other episodes of this podcast, which I think is great. And I've heard this question before and every time it's made me take pause and think like, okay, well, where, yeah, where do I find my worth or where, where does that come from? Um, and I, I think that that's a really, really tricky question for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like. I've been on and I'm kind of constantly on a journey of um, really trying to, you know, understand myself and my heart. And I've always been very introspective and things, but um, I feel like I did almost this reverse journey of, I always felt um, pretty solid and like that I knew that my worth came from God and my family supported me. And um, you know, I had a good friend group and things like that. So I felt, pretty value and worthwhile. And then I went, I've gone through time after like a really almost unimaginable amount of times where my worth and my value has been called into question by the people that I trusted the most. Okay. And it's made me go, wait a minute. Well, if they don't trust me or value me or like they don't see what I thought I had, then do I actually have that? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. So that's been a weird thing to like feel like I was grounded or have been grounded and then question it because I'm looking at what other people see and think. Um, So I don't know. I guess I try to come back to 
just kind of my truths of who I am. And, um, I think it might've been Amanda might've said like, she wants to say that it comes through her faith, but sometimes it's hard to really land in that. And I, I felt like I really resonated with that because at the, at the core, I know that's what it is Mm -hmm. and I know who I'm created to be, but also I struggle with worth a lot. And, Mm um, sometimes I really, find it through words from other people. Um, sometimes I find it in acts, um, when I can see impacts that I'm making, Mm -hmm. then I'm able to almost turn that around and reflect it on myself and go, look, okay. Even if you don't feel it, even if you don't like, look, you can see a direct impact that you made. And sometimes that makes me feel more connected to kind of my, my inner core. That is very introspective. I mean, you described yourself that way earlier, and I, I love the fact that you are taking time to, I'm going to call it deconstructing your, your worth. You're deconstructing it. You know, you had an idea of, of who you were based on all of these other things and other people. Then you stopped and are taking a really hard look at that, especially when you started getting mixed messages about that. And we will talk more about that in just a few minutes. What is one of the wisest things anyone ever said to you? It's just like one of those little nuggets you just go back to time and time again. Oh, be kind. The end. Be kind. Yep. The end. The end. (laughs) Drop drop the mic. Drop the mic. (laughs) That's like one of my absolute core truths. And I think it's some of the smartest things that's ever been said to me. And I try to live by that. And I think so much would change if we would just be kind. I, I agree. And I think you epitomize that you, you live that. So thank you. I, I, it's not easy, but I think that it really changes the world. I agree. What makes you laugh and how do you have fun? Oh, um, other than the office, obviously. Right. True. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think sometimes I come across as really serious and, um, introverted, but I laugh a lot. Um, I laugh when my sisters and I have like fun, silly voices. Um, I laugh playing with my dog. I laugh. I've got a lot of friends that are very funny and, um, just really great with like one liners or little jokes or things like that. And I laugh very easily. So I tend to find, find laughter a a fairly common act that I do. And I think it's really, at least for me, and it sounds like for you too, it really is one of the best parts of life. One of the sweetest parts of life. And and here's something I, I didn't even plan on talking about and we don't even have to delve into it very far, but I I can only imagine that God has an amazing sense of humor. Since oh, I agree. Absolutely. Since we all have it within us, some some don't cultivate it, and they stay in a different lane. And some really cultivate it, and some you know people really enjoy that. I, that's one of my favorite parts of life. And I you know I think about that from time to time. God must really be funny. We don't, yeah. we don't really talk. I don't think I've ever heard a sermon on that at yes. all. That's an but, attribute that we 
equate with him that often. Yeah, but we have that and we can't have something that he isn't. So he, you know, he, he, must, he must be very funny. Sure. Yeah. All right. So having fun. Yeah, we, we talked about that. Your dog, your sister's. Different things make you laugh. It's easy to make you laugh. Yeah. I work with kids. Kids are hilarious. Oh, so entertaining. I make laugh a lot. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. They Just are so... in like ridiculous things that happen oh. to me or situations I get myself in. And yeah. Kids are so entertaining. All right. Absolutely. Heading into your Facebook post. Yeah. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I do have it here in front of me because I, I thought you know, and I shared with you when we talked, my reaction to it was really profound. And you used the word impact. And it, did you use the word impact? Yeah, I know you used the word intentional. Okay, I'm going to use both words. Intentional. And it, had a, <laughs> and it had an impact on me. And I thought, wow, wow, you were very brave and courageous. In, and you took a risk. Because you have no idea how people are going to react to that kind of vulnerability. For sure. And authenticity, not everybody is comfortable with that. And that's honestly one of the reasons that I wanted to have this platform for, for people to be able to be those things. And the second I finished reading your post, I was like, well, yeah, <laughs> got to have her on. Yeah. Yes. So in a nutshell, you talk about, and it, this goes into worth, and this goes into the church, and um, as a mutual friend of ours, Robin, once said, church hurt is real. That's a mm -hmm. real thing. So do you, can you kind of summarize, you know, obviously the post is too long, but can you sort of summarize what you're talking about? And I'd like to follow up with some different uh, parts of, of the post and then ask sure. you some questions. Yeah, absolutely. Um, right. So I know it's hard without having like all of the full context there, but um, basically I, I think a lot and I have a lot of different thoughts on a lot of things and I don't say most of them. And something that's just been on my heart and been a big part of my story is that um, I'm 31 and I'm single. And, you know, I definitely, I would like to be married. I would love to have children. I hope that's in the plan for me. But I also, you know, work to be content. And I don't think that that's the most important thing about me mm -hmm. or about anybody else. But my experience has been that particularly within... Um, I'll just collectively say the church for right. now, Got it. Um, that that seems to be such a huge thing. And even sometimes when it says that it's not a factor, it's in my life been a big factor. And I, it, it was more so in the Midwest um, where I'm from, but when I came out to California, I think I had a little bit of a false narrative that that wasn't going to be the case. And it's proven to still actually be very accurate. And, um, I do, I, I work with a lot of students, many of whom are now in high school or college or even out of college. And, um, I still, within working with them too, I've just noticed a lot of patterns in myself and in my speech and in my self-talk of what I say to them versus what 
I think the real experience is. And uh, I've just, I've just thought a lot about that. And so I ended up um, writing something and I'm not, again, I'm not really a person to put a lot of thoughts on social media, but I kind of had thought on it for, I mean, it's been on my heart for years, but I really intentionally thought about it for a few weeks and started just writing down some of my thoughts just for my sake and ended up over the course of a few days building it into um, some statements and put it out there. And I ended up having so many more people resonate with it than what I would have thought. And one of those big factors for me was I was looking at myself going, okay, so who are the examples that I can look at that have been on this journey or who have had a similar path or who are still on it and older than me? And I couldn't think of really any examples of anyone who was doing it or in, or still like really involved in the church or pouring into kids in a way that was still very loved and very celebrated and that that wasn't like, oh, here's this person, they're still single, you know, that it wasn't the first thing about them. And I think that that's a narrative that needs to change and needs to be talked about more. And so that's kind of how I wound up. Um, writing a bunch of things. Right. Okay. So one of the questions I, I had for you, and you actually already answered it, was I wondered if culturally it was different in the Midwest than it was in Southern California. And you said not as much as you would have thought. Um, yeah. And I'll elaborate on that a little bit more. And again, this is 100% just my experience. And oh, it's yes. not the experience of everybody. But of course. Um, in the Midwest, it started very, very young and was very, um, very blatant, I guess I would say that it wasn't, it wasn't covert at all. It was just like very direct. Here's what we think about young marriage. We want you to get married, um, et cetera. Everyone else is getting married. When are you getting married? That type of thing. And then I think that in my in my brain when I got to a certain age and, you know, most of my friends were married by their early twenties. Um, and it's great. They're doing great. But for me, that wasn't the case. And then I kind of felt like the church community circle, um, a lot of them kind of almost backed off the older I got. And then it like became more uncomfortable and more awkward. And I felt like I had less of a place cause then I wasn't young, but I also wasn't married. And then I thought that when I got to California, um, that it would just be less important and that it would be more inviting. And I think that what I found is the truth of like Midwest people just being so welcoming and really embracing of people and inviting people over, bringing them into things. And, um, I think that I found when I got to the West coast that there were people like that, but a lot of people just had their groups or had their circles and didn't, expand or reach out as much as I thought it was going to be. And I can be shy. And so I'm not a person to invite myself to things. Right. And so I think it was kind of both of those things playing at the same time. Right. I want to read a couple parts if that's okay with you. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like there is no place for me, particularly in the church. Identity is centered around being a wife or mother, and I'm neither of those things. Do I believe Jesus has a place for me? Yes. But the problem seems to have a, but the people seem to have a real hard time making space for someone who seems to have it mostly together. 
but also doesn't fit into any of the predetermined groups. So that's exactly what you were just talking about. All right. You started getting these messages when you were like 16 and then again at 22. And then you talk about feeling lesser than. Mm -hmm. What nobody is talking about, you say, is how you will not be part of the club and will feel less and less invited, which in my opinion is flawed theology, you said. And I, I do agree with that, by the way. That is completely flawed theology. Um, let's see. The lesser than flawed theology. I would say, come back to how you are seen by God. Mm -hmm. And how do you think you are seen by him? I think, I mean, I think that we're created in God's image and kind of like you were talking about earlier, different attributes that we're all given that come from our creator. And um, I see a lot of those things in me. And I know a lot of other people see those things in me too. Um, I'm, I'm loving, I'm, creative. I'm, um, outreach is a big thing to me. I'm really good at creating places for other people. And so I don't, I don't struggle as that's kind of what I write about that. I don't struggle as much to see it in myself or see how God sees it as well, but more that like, yeah, sometimes with, with human beings, it's like, they don't, know what to do. There have been plenty of things that I haven't been invited to that sometimes thankfully it's come up later that I felt comfortable bringing it up with someone and it'll be like, well, we just, we knew you didn't have anybody else to come with. So we didn't want you to feel awkward if it was all couples. And you're like, but it feels more awkward if I'm like not invited. I still, I still want to do that work. The first thing that someone asks is upon meeting you is, oh, well, are you married or do you have kids? those are great and wonderful things, but there's other things about me too. But then I feel like, because I don't, I can't say yes to either of the two big ones that then I don't, I don't even know what to say, or I don't feel comfortable um, saying the other things. Or if you look at, you know, small groups or um, even within the post, there were several wonderful responses that I got that of people I got to talk to that spoke about, their experiences are at their church and whatnot. And like you get, you've got a college group usually. And then sometimes there's, you know, like a young adults or something, young professionals, young singles. A lot of times those stop at like twenties or thirties, or it becomes everyone's just kind of looking, do you have a ring? Well, you probably don't cause you're not in here. So who can you match up with? And like, for me, that's not a good scenario. I'm right. too reserved for that stuff. And it's, I would just like to see a lot more connection and, um, and women's connections and, um, even across gender connect connections of just connecting with humanity based on the growth that you all want to do together or just learning patterns of life or that it's not so category driven not yeah not so category driven um or even something that I've talked to my mom a lot about is um that again there are a lot of people who feel called in the church of people I've had conversations with and stuff to mentor and minister to young marrieds 
And I think that that's great and so important. But then I think people forget that there's also this other category of people who then don't. It, I definitely come across as a pretty put together person. And um, I think that then that's easy to overlook the fact that we all still need people and still need to be fed into and to be reached out to. Um, and I think, yeah, then I just end up kind of feeling a little bit lost in the mess of things and just where my heart is and who I am. I desire to create experiences and life for, for students in particular, um, the things that I didn't have. And so then sometimes where I've found that I really struggle is that I'm able to create those and nurture those, but I keep kind of trying to do it from an empty cup and I'm not doing it from like an example of what's being poured into me, which is what I really crave. So instead of wallowing in that or, or mourning that or being sad, I just like scrape up from the bottom, everything that I can and pour into giving it to someone else so that like they can have that. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't think is bad or wrong, but it's just like you want to work on this other connection too, where I'm not leading the charge all the time, where I sometimes kind of get to be poured into or be taken care of. That is an outstanding point, an excellent point. Coming back, circling back a little bit to the lesser than flawed theology and when I asked you how you were seen by God and how, you know, how he sees you, you are very confident in that. And I, it obviously doesn't matter to him if you are married. It doesn't matter to him if you have children. Mm-hmm. He, he wants your heart and he has that. And you are enough just as you are. I just want to speak that into you as you. an older I don't know if I'm in, well, I'm older than you. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. I love that. (laughs) Okay. You are enough. And I can't emphasize that enough. I also want to tell you that you are the change that you actually want to see because you are pouring into the next generation coming up. You have this divine opportunity to make a difference in the lives of the young women and to give some of the rest of us who are watching you when you don't even realize you're being watched, something to contemplate that something that we can value and how we see worth. Mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't even write this as a pre-question, but I just, I can't help but wonder, you know, we're not going to get into specific churches or what church you go to or any of that, sure, but it sure. sounds like, there is a tremendous need for um, 20s, 30s, 40s individuals who want to connect and have community and explore and grow together. Mm-hmm. Is, is that something you could see yourself kind of facilitating in the sense of trying to see if there are others out there who are interested in that as well, perhaps not at your particular church, but maybe sort of inter, you know, like many churches. 
Right. Um, the answer is maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe. I think what I'd really like to see more of is less categor- categorization. Ooh, that was a hard one. Yes, no, that was good. Um, but um, but that it's not necessarily, um, I mean, and again, I've never been married, so I can't speak to the importance of married small groups. I'm sure that that has a beautiful and important purpose. But um, I love the idea of like neighborhood groups or community small groups that are joined together through outreach or through different um, other common interests that have a wide range of people and a wide range of life experiences. And some might be married and some might be single and that it's a lot more intermixed that way. Got it. Um, that's kind of what it, at this point in my life that I'm really looking for and, um, and, you know, have some options of some, some things that hopefully I'll get more plugged into. Of course, quarantine has made that incredibly difficult. Very, yes, <laughs> very. But, but yeah. And then down the road, um, I do tend to start things. So <laughs> that might be in my path. I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes I'm hesitant because I don't want, like, I really just don't want to start things and I just end up doing it. And, well, and I was, yeah, I was yeah. careful not to categorize it, but I did, <laughs> I did in the sense of twenties, thirties, forties, but you know, why couldn't there be fifties or sixties or seventies or teens? I don't know. But I, I think you're, you're right. There there is a tremendous void. There is a need because of what you're talking about, because there's youth group and there's the children's program and there's the married couples program. And you don't necessarily want to be in the singles program. I mean, it one, they don't exist all that often, I have found. And... I mean, is that, is that, you know, really the focus? Uh, right. You well, know? and also if you're, if your goal is to grow together as a community, the other thing that I think can be tricky about singles programs like that is that if your goal is to grow within a community group together, but it's a singles group, then as soon as you become the not single, then you probably move out of it. So then goal almost becomes like to get out. To match people up. Because. Right. Because it's like, you don't, especially if people desire to be married within that group, like then you don't want to be stuck in the singles group. Your goal is to get the heck out of there. And that's the opposite of how I see community groups. I see community groups as people that you want to like learn your heart and, and build trust and build connection and then walk through the valleys and the mountaintops of life together. Right. So that's okay. where I see that kind of being challenging is, yeah, you don't want to create a group that you want to get out of right that's <laughs> you a, wanna, gosh wanna stay and grow. that is a fabulous point really poignant okay the ideal then is a small group made up of a variety of people that is not categorized at all yeah it's just yeah, a that, group of people about it it's a group um, of people that have, if nothing else, the desire to connect and be together once a week or once Absolutely. every two weeks or whatever. And then it can become whatever 
however it gets steered within the group. I like that. I like that a lot. I, I just, I think that a lot of the country, especially right now, is so polarized based on choosing one thing to cling to and that being the only thing that matters. And I don't think that that is healthy or conducive to building a unified society. And so I think that that, even in the smallest sense, starts within either your family home or your church group or whatnot, and that you can actually make meaningful connections with people that are in a different stage of life than you or different Mm -hmm. belief system than you Mm -hmm. or because I think I really do believe that when you get to know somebody's heart um, and know them as a person, it explains so much and it might explain enough where you're like, okay, yeah, don't agree with you at all. And, but I get like, I see why you are the way you are, but it just brings more humanity to everyone. And so I'm a big advocate of, authentically connecting with people that are not in your exact same life stage um, bubble mindset. Yeah. Your bubble. Exactly. And it's good to surround yourself with those people too. Cause like we need to have edifying people around us, obviously, but yes, I mean, heck I would much rather, I shouldn't say much rather that's kind of rude. Uh, I would really like to learn and hear from other women in particular that have lived more life than I have mm-hmm. than only have the voices of the people who have my same 31 ish years of life, mm-hmm. because that's still great. And it has its place, but also there is something to be said for people who have just experienced more life than you and more joys and more hardships. And yeah, I think it just gives us all a better, a better perspective. Well, my wheels are just turning and they're going so fast and I, all kinds of things are, are happening within this brain of mine. So I'm going to, I'm going to be pondering this and sure. yeah, this is going to be well, a good. And if you don't, if you don't mind, if I say one other thing, and I don't know, this might be on your, your list, but um, the other big part of what I wrote that I feel really passionate about um, that I would just love to see a change is just for for young women um, and those in high school or those in college. Um, And kind of like like I said before, I think that, you know, if you're lucky enough to meet your life partner at a young age, I'm not against that by any means. Um, But it's amazing how once you start looking at how everything is geared toward um, a a partner in particular, Mm -hmm. even within our language um, or again, I've had several talks about like, I grew up in the modesty culture and the main reason that it was, was so that you would be pure and whole for your husband. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, I could talk about that whole thing, a whole a completely different subject, but just in general, that language or even the language of, um, um, I think a, a common narrative is you want to be refining and edifying yourself into the type of person that you would want to marry or so that Mm. you'll be the type of person that you want to be with, I think Mm. is actually really flawed. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's well-intentioned. What you're trying to say is you want to build up yourself to be a whole person. But when we're saying all of those things, um, and I mentioned this again in the writing, but um, one of the things that was being told to me 
in the church growing up was, well, if you haven't met somebody, like you just have to satisfy, like you have to be so connected to God and be fully satisfied with him. And then he'll bring you someone. And so the longer that someone didn't come, the more it went, okay, well then I thought I was content. I thought I was following God. What am I doing wrong? Or even like, yeah, another human can be God's blessing to you. That's great. But also what are we doing to build up ourselves? And with, yeah, with young women, they're watching the biggest celebrations of a person's life being when they get married or engaged or have a baby. And when you're engaged, you're having, especially now, like engagement oh, shower, gosh. bridal shower, um, all of these different things, which are so good and wonderful. Um, my younger sister just got married a couple weeks ago. And she, poor baby, had to do all this in quarantine. So she didn't get all the celebrations <laughs> by any means. And that'll come later. But um, even within, like, my mom posting about it, I went back just because I was, I like numbers. And I was being calculated about just doing some comparisons. And the numbers of people who even, like, liked the status of her being engaged or her bridal shower far, 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 far surpassed like my 30th birthday or um, uh, some other things that have happened in my life. And it's like, oh, you watch that and you can't help but feel that it means that you're less than or that people are less excited for you. And there's just so many silent messages that young women get anyway that I don't think another one that needs to be added to it is that you're, you will get celebrated and valued really only when you get to be married or have a baby right? because there's, you know, as women, there's so many other struggles and there's so many unseen things. And I think that, yeah, I think it can just lead to a huge mess. And so I think that we in the church in particular need to find some ways to talk true worth with girls and finding that and it being for them and for God's glory and having zero things to do about what it might get them later down the line, because oh yes. that's not what it is. That's not the goal. Right. No. I want to read another portion of your post. that's talking about exactly what you're speaking about right now. Um, so it starts, I've mentored a lot of young girls along the way, and I want to tell these young ladies that their heart, integrity, gumption, Education, ambition, and so much more is what matters most. How am I supposed to say your value isn't in a man or children? You are created for a purpose. Education and pageant projects are wildly important, and your goal should be to become fully you when that feels like an internal truth but an external lie incredibly and those words are incredible and you you mentioned amanda's episode a while back and this these are the very things that we talked about worth how your worth is not in the job you have your worth is not in your status the roles that you have that you play in your life that is not where your worth comes from and if we are imparting to the females of this world that 
your worth lies in those things, your role, the roles you have, the job you have, your status as a mother or wife, then we are doing them a tremendous disservice. We really are. Absolutely. I am grateful that you had, and I already said it, but I'm saying it again because I'm feeling it again, the the heart, the strength, the, the fortitude, the, all those, gosh, are so many good words, to, to just get this out there for people to see. These are the kind of conversations I'm interested in having because they are important. They are of value. They have impact. You were very intentional, going back to your word. <laughs> and this created, I hope, a good solid ripple that I'm hoping is going to become some bigger waves. So, Hedy, yes. Well, and thank you for having the conversations too. I think that that's the most important part. You know, we can't shy away from what makes us uncomfortable just because it makes people uncomfortable. So I love that you have been inviting so many different women to speak to the good and the hard parts of life. Yes. Thank you. And I, I can't even tell you how convicted I feel about this. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just, this is my, this is, talk about a passion project. I've been wanting to do this for a long time. You also talk about, um, if we talked about it more, change could happen and more people could feel invited. So my Absolutely. question to you is, how do we help others feel invited? What do you suggest other than what we've already talked about it? You know, we've, we've covered some ways, you know, you're pouring into other uh, young ladies, but you're not being poured into. So there's mm -hmm. something, there's something wrong with that picture right there. Sure. I mean, I think, yeah, like connecting with people really is the first part of it. And just once you make the connection, um, you know, every, you can't, you can't keep up with every single person you meet. Obviously that's unrealistic, but you know, if, if we all meet someone, whether it's at a church service or at an event um, and feel connected to them, exchange information and then instead of this kind of society we live in where we're like we should get together sometime and it never happens um you know do a follow-up and or invite multiple people if you've got the capacity and if we're you know not breaking any laws or anything but if you can have after church invite four or five people that you maybe just met invite them to go to lunch or coffee or something like that um especially if you know that maybe either they're single or they're new in town or mm -hmm. they are going through a hard time, something like that. Um, I think just looking for opportunities and praying for opportunities to connect better with people. Um, and sometimes that's as simple as just sending a text to somebody that you haven't talked to in a while. I think sometimes those tiny little acts get overlooked or we think that they don't matter and they really, really do. 
Um, and then I think also a big part of it is having conversations. You know, if you're a parent who has a young daughter or son, whatever, uh, having some of these conversations, seeing how they feel about it, seeing what pressures maybe they feel or what they think is important. What do they see that you as a parent value? What do they think that God values? What do you, what do they think it says about them if nobody's romantically interested in them right then? Um, right. Things like that. And then, you know, if you are a high school or a college student, having that those conversations with the people around you, um, having the conversations with yourself and kind of figuring out, first of all, where your mind is and where you, where your opinions fall. And then, yeah, just opening dialogue, I think, is a huge part. I love it because, like I said, you are the change that you want to see. You, you're, you're doing it. You're living it. You're being it. And you're inspiring it. And I just, as a woman that's not of your generation, I, I want to really, in my own little the wheels turning part, want to see how we, as the older women, can help empower and equip you more to feel your worth and to pour more into you. So I'm going to be giving that some thought. And we Thank may you. we may circle back. And, hey, uh, and, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, not, yeah, I, 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 I feel a tug and that's, a, that's a good thing. That is a good thing. Yeah, that is a good thing. All right. We are wrapping up. Do you have any questions or anything else that you feel like we just didn't quite cover? Um, yeah, your, your post so was amazing. <laughs> and if somebody wants to follow you, they can email me and I'll give oh, them yes, that please. information later. Absolutely. And then I will let you know, and then we can go from there. Cause that yeah, way, it, you know, cause like I told you, it's, you know, we do first names, but mm -hmm. I don't want to stop somebody from being connected to you. That's meant to be connected to you. So, yeah. And I'm, I know we keep referencing this post a lot and if no one if you know if you haven't read it that might be a great starting place so yeah please feel free to share my information with anybody who might reach out or um, if you want to like copy paste it post it on your blog that's fine with me too I'm happy you know when you say it you gotta claim it so it's out there and I'm I'm happy with that. Well, okay. And so I, you know, I just asked you if you had any questions for me, but I actually have one more for you. And that yeah, is, sure. so you probably did this with some confidence, but probably a little bit of trepidation would be my guess. Sure. What was the response you received? Oh my gosh. It was, um, it was surprising in a good way. I, um, had a conversation before I posted it with my sister who was very honest with it. I should say with one of my sisters um, who was very honest with me that I appreciate. And she was like, if you post this, Christina, cause I was still in the, in the place of like, am I going to do it? Am I not? She said, if you post it and nobody says anything, um, cause she knows I'm very sensitive. She's like, how are you going to feel? And I was like, Oh gosh, no, I'm, I'm blocking anybody from posting on it. I like, I don't want comments. I don't want anything. I, I expect nobody to say anything because it's awkward. And it's uncomfortable and I wouldn't say anything. She was like, okay. So anyway, I posted it. I also learned that on Facebook, you cannot block people from commenting. <laughs> so here we are. But anyway, I ended up, um, 
it was basically categorized into three groups of people. I'm talking about not categorizing, and I'm about to categorize people. Well, so I apologize for that. But yeah. Within the comments, um, pretty much everything, um, and a lot of private messages, a lot of things could be categorized into three groups of people. One, women saying, oh my gosh, nobody else has said this, and I feel the exact same thing, so thank you for saying something. Two, women who um, either may be older or married or um, it doesn't apply to them at all saying, Whoa, I didn't realize how much that is true, but I do see it and I recognize it and I want to, I want to work on it. And three people saying, uh, that are about my age or maybe even a little bit younger. So saying like, Oh, I didn't get married until later. And it was recent and I hate to say it, but it is completely true that it mm. is. Once, once I got married, people treated me completely different and started inviting me to things, started talking to me like I actually knew something, mm. um, acting like it really was a club that I now got to be a part of. And so, like, I hate saying that you're right, but you're completely right. Like, this is not made up in your head. And, um, yeah, it was – people were just really uh, – it was good to hear that, yeah, it wasn't just – me and people people needed to hear that I think or needed to have the freedom to say hey that's been my story as well um and then of course to me that's convicting a little bit because then I'm like okay so all right God now that we said this and this is the response I'm gonna need some guidance on what do I do with this information because just sitting on it and being like oh okay good yay is not how I do life so we'll have to see and I find that very exciting because yeah. it's not a little bit convicting. It's mega convicting. <laughs> if that's even a word, I just, you know, threw it out there. Mega convicting words for me. Mega convicting. Sure. I couldn't wait to have you on. Well, thank you. Based on, based on what you wrote. Thank you. And realizing that, yeah, I really didn't get to know you that well through work, but I'm really excited and feel very honored to have that privilege of connecting in this way right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I feel, I feel and see some future collaborations. I think so too. Yeah. Absolutely. Heading forward. So you get your wheels turning. I'll get my wheels turning and we'll see what we can come up with. Yeah, that sounds great. Thank you so much, Christina. I really appreciate that you took the time and were willing to be so real because Anything else for me is fluff and a waste of time. Yeah, not worth it. Yeah. It's not, not the best way to do life, I don't think. Agreed. Okay, my new friend. I shall talk to you soon. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you, Christina. All right. Bye-bye. Brene Brown would be proud of Christina. Her vulnerability and courage merit notice. There needs to be more affirmation for anyone and everyone that does not feel they have a seat at the table. You do not need to be a wife to have value. You do not need to be a mother to have value. We've talked about worth before. It is simply who you are, not your roles, not your job. I learned a lot from my conversation with Christina. As a woman who has gone before her, I need to do more to help those coming up after me. There will be much to ponder on how to do this. Let me know if you have ideas or want to get involved. 
to be continued. Thanks, Christina, for being the guest in this episode of Unabashed You. For the rest of you, please drop by at unabashedyou.com or email at unabashedyou at gmail.com. Feeling a nudge to be part of the conversation? Feeling a tug to express yourself or to share a thought? We'd love to hear from you. And for today's blessing, dear Lord, I pray that you would give me strength to be strong for you in the world today. Lord, you know the struggles that I will face today. Be with me as I go through them. Carry me if I am too weak to move. If I stumble in them, forgive me. When I succeed in them, I will praise you. You are worthy of all praise and honor. In Jesus' name, amen.